0: Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.
1: Welcome to Blog Talk Radio. In high fidelity. SoulVox Radio presents Evolve with your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lisney. Hi, this is Robin White-Turtle-Lisney, and you are uh, listening to Evolve, uh, Evolve uh, is a radio show that focuses on uh, consciousness, the arts, and culture. Today, my special guest is Maitreyi Ma, who is a spiritual teacher. She is also an author, a licensed transpersonal psychologist, and an, an ordained yogic minister, or achara. Is that correct? Achara. acharya? Yes. And she is... Uh, Traditions, teaches traditional yogic meditation, philosophy, and the ancient wisdom teachings of yoga. She's also an E R Y T 500 yoga teacher and a yogi yogic therapist. Um, she uh, had uh, the experience of diksha in 1969, which helped her to understand her her guru at the time that she refers to as Baba and then also her inner guru. And we're going to talk all about that. So I'm so excited to have you. Thank you so much for being here, Maitreya. Thank you, Robin. Yeah. Thank you. It's good to be
2: here.
1: Yeah. So I wanted to begin today by talking about your new book, which sounds just terrific, uh, Living Love, The Yoga of Yama and the Niyamas. So could you talk a little bit about that and how it came to be? Yes, this is my book, Living Love, The Yoga
2: of Yama and Niyama, Timeless Teachings for Transformation and Awakening. And this book is about the ancient teachings of yoga on how to live in the world. Yama and Niyama are the two limbs of the eight limbs of Ashtanga Yoga that deal with how you bring your yoga and your spiritual life into the world to manifest it in your life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, They're sometimes called ethical principles, but if you look from a psychological point of view, they're they're more than ethical principles. They're the deep deep psychological ways that we can bring light and love and grace into our lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, the book talks about those ancient principles and how to apply them in your basic daily life. Mm -hmm. And it also brings in concepts like forgiveness, gratitude, uh, Mm -hmm. loving-kindness, how to work with bringing happiness into your life, what it means to be happy, what it means to love. Mm -hmm. Because these are all related to the practices of yama and niyama. So it brings in a lot of kinds of things that are talked about in positive psychology because the teachings of yoga really are teachings of positive psychology Mm -hmm. and how to work with your life in a positive way. And so, this book is about working with your issues, using the ancient teachings of yoga to help heal and find meaning and find your way to deep spiritual life and awakening. Mm -hmm. Because it's when we really live the life that we want to live, when we really begin to incorporate these principles in our lives it allows us to open up space for uh, meditation, deep meditative practice, and our connection to the divine. Mm-hmm. And so this book is about that, and it's about awakening that connection and the transformation that you can have through the ancient teachings of yoga. Mm-hmm. And so this the book came really... Uh, well, it's sort of a long story how this book really came about. Mm, that's okay. <laughs> it's uh, because uh, the, the book itself is derived from a series of uh, spiritual talks that I've given uh, that are intuitively received, and so I call them intuitive Baba Talks. And I feel they come from the divine guru, uh, the one eternal self. They, they come from that divine source and are just sort of come through into the world. And when I do these talks, I don't, like, they're not from the intellect. I don't plan them. I don't figure them out. I don't think what I'm going to talk about. I just go into a meditative space and connect with the divine guru within and who I call Baba. Baba in Sanskrit means beloved.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: With the mm-hmm. beloved. And... Uh, allow that divine flow to flow through, and whatever needs to be said is said. And so there, I've been doing this for a long time now, maybe since 1990, a long time. And uh, in it, there's all kinds of teachings, and all these different talks have been transcribed. And so this book is a compilation of talks. That are about yama niyama, about forgiveness, about gratitude, about happiness, and so those t- those talks have been brought together, and then you know transcribed and and uh, modified to be in book form. And where there were gaps, I felt that I went into a an inner space and got received writing from that space too. Mm-hmm. That wasn't mm-hmm. from talks but from writing, but writing from that deep space where you're connecting with spirit. Mm-hmm. And so that's been how this book manifested. So I
1: wonderful in
2: a way I put my name on the front but I can't entirely claim credit for it. I feel mm-hmm. it came from a deeper source.
1: Uh-huh. So wonderful. Wonderful. Well I I'm so interested Uh, in what you said about connecting positive psychology with the ancient wisdom teachings of yoga, because uh, last month we just had someone who's a positive psychologist, Um, and so I'm fascinated by that topic because I think it's so important to live out of our yes and not out of the no's or the negatives that we are. So uh, can you talk a little bit more about that and how you interface those two, because I think there's a huge need for it in the culture to There there is.
2: Yeah. Well, I am I am a psychologist. I have training in transpersonal psychology. Uh-huh. And um but but before I was ever a psychologist, I was a yogi. Uh-huh. <laughs> Been doing yoga since 19 the meditation since 1969. So a long time. Um but and out of that grew my inspiration for an interest in psychology.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And what is really evolving, so there was the whole movement of transpersonal psychology and then what's evolved more recently is the movement of positive psychology. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of taking the trans, not only the transpersonal aspect, but taking how we look at our personal aspect mm-hmm. of our lives from a positive viewpoint, studying happiness mm-hmm. um, and how we become optimal human beings, how we become happy as opposed to studying pathology and what's wrong with this. And, it, and it's kind of the, the idea is where you focus is kind of where you go and that you, if you want to work with depression and anxiety you're probably going to get a lot more out of thinking about what's good and what the positive things you can do about it rather than what's wrong with you.
0: Right.
2: Um, and so what's interesting is if you go back thousands of years Uh, The Yoga Sutras of of Patanjali were written in 200 AD, Mm -hmm. Um, and you go back to these ancient teachings. And those teachings that that, uh, Patanjali wrote, when he wrote the Yoga Sutras, which was a compilation of the really, uh, as a really compilation of the teachings of yoga, Mm -hmm. but they're based on much earlier teachings, thousands of years before that. And Mm -hmm. and he, he really wrote down. The knowledge of his time, so it's not like they just came about in 200 A.D. Even these are really ancient teachings. Mm-hmm. But they, what's interesting, is they work with the with the mind. A lot of what is, is yogi teaching is is a way of working with the mind. And I should say another comment is that the teachings of yoga, and not, not everyone knows this, are foundational to. Uh, three major world religions. Mm. They are the foundation of Hinduism, Mm
0: -hmm. they
2: are the foundation of Buddhism, and they are the foundation of Jainism. Mm. So three world religions are based on the philosophical base of yoga. Mm -hmm. So yoga is the foundation, not yoga as a Hatha Yoga asana practice, but yoga as a uh, philosophical base. The word yoga means to yoke to unite the little and the great.
0: Mm. So it's,
2: it's the yoking of the small self to the greater and larger self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is yoga. And so the these ancient teachings really form a foundational base. And they are very aligned with positive psychology because the whole principle of yoga is that what, how we think, how we work with our mind develops where our mind goes. The mind has two two real major components. Uh, one is that it's malleable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's, it's changes. It changes. It moves, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It yeah. has movement. That's the second one. It's movement, and being malleable, it takes the form of whatever it concentrates on. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching a movie your mind moves into the characters of that movie. You can become so absorbed that you completely forget who you are and what's going on, and you are living the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Something dramatic happens, and you jump in your seat because you're living the movie. And so that's the quality of mind. Mind can take on whatever it forms towards. And so positive psychology is saying, okay, if that's the case, let's, let's talk about gratitude. Let's concentrate on those things that we have to be grateful for, and let's train our mind to think about, well, what happened that's good in my life? Um, You know, there's a very simple positive psychology exercise, and that's that you take two weeks, and you think of three things every single day that are positive in your life and three new things every single day mm-hmm. so it's probably easy the first day you can think of the second day it gets a little bit harder you have to think of three different things the third day oh my god you got to think of three more <laughs> you know? but what it does is you start searching your mind for things that are right in life yes yes as opposed to searching your mind for what's wrong in life yes And the reason we go to what's wrong in life, that that seems so natural to fall into what's wrong with me, what's wrong with my life, what's wrong with the world, what's wrong, is that it's it's a kind of survival mechanism. It's like... I'm going to scout out all the dangers before they come to me and check out where they are, and that way I'll, I, you know, the, the panther isn't going to jump on me and eat me because I've figured out where they jump, and right. I'm not going to be there. Right. right? It, it's, it's sort of basic survival.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but, if, but it becomes, in our modern-day context, dysfunctional. Yes. Because we start always concentrating on, this fear-based psychology of what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong, Mm -hmm. and not looking at what's right.
0: Right.
2: So yoga takes it a step further, and yoga says that the basis of life is love, Mm -hmm. divine love. Right. That there is underlying everything, an amazing love, an amazing capacity, and that that love is, is the foundation of everything.
0: Yes.
2: So that out of that love we've been born we exist we grow and to find ourselves is to find that love
1: yes
2: and to find that that greater love that is greater than our body mind identity right yes and so that's the ultimate positive psychology if Mm -hmm. you will Mm -hmm. it goes beyond just you know how do I feel good about me as a individual Mm -hmm. it's like how do I really connect with goodness itself? How do I really connect with love? How do I really connect with light? How do I be totally in love? You know? And how do I be that love?
0: Yes.
2: And so that's what yoga is about. Mm-hmm. And we have meditative practice in yoga you know, to bring us into connection with that divine self, connection with that infinite love with that one omnipresent existence, that one beloved.
0: Yes.
2: And but and we have the yoga postures, the, the asanas, the breathing exercises and so on to work with our body mind integration because you know these are our temples, our bodies, right? Yes. But but what we have in addition to that is in the Yamas and Niyamas we have Ways of working with our psychology, ways of working with our mind, how we live in the world, how we manifest who we are in the world
0: Mm -hmm.
2: in ways that bring that light of spirit into our life Mm -hmm. and make it who we are in the world.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. So so we need to bring that spirit not only into our sitting meditation, but into our daily life, into the way we interface with others, into the way we exist in relationship to ourselves mm-hmm. and a lot of that is increasing our self-love because you know what we think about ourselves how we relate to ourselves is how we relate to others if we can't love and accept things in ourselves we can't accept them in others That's
0: right. you
2: know, if, if we're battling with our own anger it's very hard to accept other people's anger right. if we're if we're battling with our self-esteem and our 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 self-worth, it's hard to feel that other people are valuable, you know, we, we all of this goes together to form a whole psychology of how we live in the world, and so Yama, Niyama, and, and the teachings that are in this book are about that, they're about this positive way we are in the world, how we can be, how we can bring love. Into our lives, how we can live love in our lives. That's why the name of the book is Living Love.
1: Yeah, yeah, because so, it really is all what my experiences from my teachers and within my own meditation practice is that it is about becoming that which we already are, which is love, unconditional love. So if we can focus on that unconditional love, which in my mind is that divine love that we all are, we all are that. uh, Then we have to clear out all of those other cobwebs that have to do with conditioning and what we've been, how we feel about ourselves, and the parts that don't like us. (laughs) We have to deal with all of that. So exactly, exactly. Yeah.
2: And so we need tools. Yes. To be able to, to take this journey and to, to work on it. We need tools to be able to concentrate the mind and to be able to um, go deep into that love in the place that isn't about the intellect, isn't about the words, but where there's a deep, vibrant connection yes. with that cosmic divinity, yes. which is truly beyond words and truly beyond our own individual ego. Yes. It's something incredibly vast, incredibly beautiful, incredibly powerful, and I think most people at some point in their life have a touch of that, mm-hmm. whether it's an experience in nature, an experience with another person,
0: mm-hmm. but
2: there's that, or an experience in deep meditation that that moment of transcendence
0: yes. where
2: you move beyond your limited sense of I mind, and mine, mm-hmm. and you. Melt into the wholeness of an incredible love that's just more than anything that can be expressed in words,
1: yes, I totally and, agree yeah I hear I hear you <laughs> go ahead
2: yeah, yeah, and so so that's really you know that's the point of yoga and all the yogic practices
0: mm-hmm.
2: and but but to sustain that moment, which perhaps we've run across just momentarily in that instant. We do practices to enhance our ability to really make that connection. Just like if you want to be a pianist, you have to practice piano, right? You know, If you want to be really good at something, you really need to, to make it part of your life and really incorporate it. And so we have our meditative practices. And the yamas and the niyamas, they're part of yoga, which uh, is interesting. As yoga has come to the West, it came with meditation, and then it came with all of this yoga postures, asana practice, this, all these yoga classes, and that became the signature of yoga. Mm-hmm. And but what hasn't really come to the West effectively are the yamas and the niyamas. Mm-hmm. They're underemphasized because they they're actually the foundational practices of the whole yogic system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, without the ability to sort of clean up our lives a little bit, work with our attitudes and our beliefs, it's hard to really hold Divine Spirit. It's mm-hmm. hard to hold a meditative practice. It's hard to deeply connect unless we work with our attitudes, unless mm-hmm. we work with how we how we relate to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so these practices are really fundamental. They're foundational.
1: Yes. Well, wow, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm so uh, glad that we're talking because this is such important information for people. I want to take a little break, and then we'll come back. And when we come back, we have so much more to talk about. <laughs> so <Okay>. exciting. <laughs> so I'm with Matrei Ma, and she is a psychologist and a uh, spiritual teacher who lives in Santa Rosa, uh, and we'll be right back.
2: Evolve, nurturing the new in consciousness, the arts, and culture with your host, Robin White-Turtle-Lizney. Evolve brings you people and ideas on the cutting edge of change, opening the shells of the past to move our culture into the now. We are all in great need of sustainable ideas for change. Evolve brings you the wise, the foolish, and the heart-based to help us meet the challenges of our times. Join us the third Thursday of the month at 2 p.m. Pacific Time for Evolve.
1: Hi, this is Robin White Turtle listening, and the show is Evolve, and we're back with tray Ma, and she is a spiritual teacher and also a transpersonal psychologist, and she has a great new book called Living Love, The Yoga of Yama and Niyama. And uh, so we've been just talking about that, and I'd love to know how you got into um, into this practice of yoga. I know you were in India, and you met your teacher. Can you talk a little bit about that story, because I'm fascinated by that.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, actually, I was living in southern Illinois, and oh. at that time I was a very young woman. Um, I was in college, and I was living in southern Illinois, and... Uh, I had a series of actually mystical experiences using LSD, and and um, you know had these powerful, profound experiences of divine love. And I went, well, how do you get here? You know, and then I took a a course at that same time at the Southern Illinois University on the Bhagavad Gita, mm. and I was reading the Bhagavad Gita, and I went, oh my goodness. This is what I experienced. You mean other people experienced this too? You know, and I was so excited that um, I felt like what I had come across accidentally <laughs> in my youth, <laughs> uh, in and my uh, experimenting was was the same kinds of experiences that were being talked about in the Bhagavad Gita, and so I became you know very excited by that and. Mm. Wanted to know more and wanted to know more about Eastern traditions and about uh, meditation and how I could have those experiences as a part of my life and not just a high, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so I I set about wanting to learn meditation, Mm
0: -hmm. but
2: you know I lived in Southern Illinois in 1969, and nobody was teaching meditation. So I went to Wheaton, Illinois, where the Theosophical Society was, and I got this mm-hmm. book out on meditation, and I was very excited. But then the book said, you shouldn't learn meditation without a teacher. And I went, oh no, what am I going to do? I live in Southern Illinois, I'm look, you know, cornfield here. I mean, where am I going to get a <laughs> yogi to come and teach me? You know, so, um, but as it so happened, you know, as these kind of mystical synchronicities begin to happen in your life, mm-hmm. uh... Just the very next week after that intention came that I really wanted to learn meditation, two yogis came into town. One was a TM teacher, and one was an Anandamarga uh, Swami, uh, Abahuta it's called, uh, in, all in orange, you know, and from India. And so I went to see him, and he was quite a mystical figure. And mm. So I liked him, and so I, I took Diksha, which is the initiation into the meditative practices, And I learned meditation, and I began to have all these powerful experiences. And uh, mystical experiences began to happen really shortly after I learned meditation. In fact, it was a little scary. I stopped meditating for a while because it was a little intense for me. But then I started again, and all these really beautiful, profound experiences began to open up. And uh, the result was that I felt an inner connection to an inner divine being emerge through my meditative experience mm-hmm. and through a powerful series of mystical experiences mm-hmm. and this inner being called called himself Baba uh, and uh, he said he was my guru he said actually he told me he was my Kula guru. Well I had no idea what that meant. I asked him to spell it. <laughs> and so, so I wrote it down on a piece of paper and I went to the Southern Illinois University Library. <laughs> and I <looked> up, <laughs> and I looked up the words, Kula Guru, what does this mean, you know? And in in this big Sanskrit dictionary, <laughs> Sanskrit English dictionary in the library at Southern Illinois University. And it said, it was sheep herder. I went sheep <laughs> What does that mean? You know? so, but at least it was a word, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that was a point. At least it was a real word. So, um, <clears throat> so I sat with that for a while, and I sat with this guidance and this uh, unfoldment of some very profound experiences of unity and light and... Divine Presence. Mm -hmm. And then I I got the guidance that I should go to India and meet this Guru physically.
0: Mm.
2: That I actually had a physical Guru and I should go meet him. And so my husband had been away at the time and he came back and I said, I think I need to go to India. And he said, all right, let's go. And so, um, we we sold everything we owned and bought one way tickets to India.
0: Wow!
2: And um, I went following my inner guidance, my inner guru to Baba, who called himself Baba, to India to meet my outer guru, who had, I had taken diksha from the Swami, who was a Swami or an Avahuta of this uh, of this Guru. His name is Sri Sri Anandamurti. Mm-hmm. and so I went to see Sri Sri Anandamurti in India he lived in Patna mm-hmm. just near Calcutta sort of um, and, and so I went to Patna found this one way ticket <laughs> so when I got there I was there um, and um, I ended up staying for a year and uh, Baba gave darshan twice a day,
0: mm.
2: and uh, I had all those experiences that one has when you're first in the presence of a great master, an enlightened being who you know can read your mind, and suddenly all the things that you wouldn't want to think in front of someone who could read your mind start coming to the surface, and you know, I went through all of those things for mm. a week or so, and and then I began to feel this amazing divine presence from my physical guru. Shishu mm. that was really the same energy signature as the inner presence of Baba that I had felt.
0: Mm. And
2: things that Baba had said to me internally, my external Guru, Shishu began to answer. Mm. And one of the things he answered was uh, He one day I came in and I sat for Darshan, What Darshan means sight of the Guru, when you sit around the Guru, and, and he sat on this little platform bed called a choki,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and, um, and he gave a, a talk. And that day he made his talk, his entire talk, about the meaning of the term Kula Guru. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he took everything and he said, Kula Guru is the Guru who raises the Kula Kundalini, Ah. And Kula Guru is also the family guru, the of a person, the the guru of your family, the guru, the sort of familiar guru. Yeah. So, so the teacher it's guru, all time. The,
1: the yeah, guru meaning teacher, is that correct? The what G- doesn't guru mean teacher? Just guru, for our Guru
2: means one who guides, one who if guides lightness from darkness to light.
1: Uh uh-huh. Very specific teacher.
2: (laughs) Yes, one who guides from darkness to light. Uh And uh, Kula Guru, Kula means uh, family or familiar. And also means one who raises the Kula Kundalini, the Kundalini energies uh, from the base chakra upward. And so... He explained all the details about the Kula Guru and what the Kula Guru was, which was far more enlightening than the Sanskrit Dictionary in the Southern Illinois University. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
2: and so that was the beginning of my uh, time. And then I had a great deal of time with my physical Guru, as well as with my inner Guru, Baba,
0: mm. and
2: my physical Guru, my External Baba, Mm -hmm. and they became one and the same for me,
0: Mm
2: -hmm. and um, that was sort of how it evolved. And then I had a lot of inner guidance for many years, but the inner guidance and teaching I received much teaching from my inner Baba about the yogic about the path of enlightenment.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm
2: -hmm. So much of what I learned. About yoga, I learned within. I did not learn it all from books, uh-huh. Uh-huh. and but it was just teaching for me for many many years. That was from 1970 to 1990. These uh-huh. teachings were for me. They uh, they weren't. I was never guided to share it with every anyone. I was never guided to teach. I was only. The, I was a student and I was learning, and uh-huh. my guru dev was teaching me from within. Uh-huh and I received these teachings for years, and then one day, and then a series of mystical experiences, deep mystical experiences, began to happen again in the 90s, and I, I was guided that uh, Guru, the inner Baba, began to say, the teachings that I have given you all of these years for you, now I want you to give to others. Uh-huh. I want you to be able, I want to be able to speak them to others, not just to you.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And so there was that 20 years of basically my learning.
0: Yeah.
2: And then um, and then my guru left his body at that time in 1990. Yeah. Um, and at that time I was started to start allowing the flow of teachings that I was receiving for me to flow through to other people. Mm -hmm. And I began very slowly, uh, just sort of, I would hear three words, and then I would say them, and three more words, and then I would say them, and they they turned into sentences miraculously, and paragraphs, and whole talks,
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, and uh, people recorded them, and then... After a while, he taught me how to just not listen and speak, but just to let it flow through. Uh And so then I began doing that. And uh, this spiritual guidance and teaching that I had been receiving all those years then became these, what I call, Baba talks. Uh And the books that I have are based on these Baba talks. Uh It's this flow of guidance and energy and love that comes from this higher source, mm-hmm. which I have experienced as guru. And, you know, guru means one who guides from darkness to light, and there's a lot of confusion about the term guru in the West. Uh, it's it's used in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. But one thing that uh, Baba always taught me is that there is only one guru. There is only one self. There is only one divine loving consciousness mm-hmm. there is only one being and all the different physical gurus that we see are all manifestations of that one eternal self yes but the guru it's itself the true guru is one yes so that's why names are many but but the but the self is one
1: yes yes i totally i totally feel that truth in my heart um, and you've, you've also written several books on women's mysticism, and I'd really love to talk more about that. We're going to take another little break, and then we'll be right back. I'm speaking with Matrei Ma, who is a spiritual teacher and a licensed psychologist and many other things, <laughs> an author, an author. <laughs> so we'll be back in just a minute. This is Robin White Turtle-Lisney, and the show is Evolved. this is your host for Evolve, Robin White-Turtle-Lisney, and I wanted to share with you a few of the other things that I do in the world beside the radio show. In addition, I'm an energy medicine practitioner in the Bay Area and across the country by phone, and I work uh, through East-West Bookshop in Mountain View, California, so you can always find me there on Fridays. In addition, I have uh, five books, uh four of them are nonfiction and one is a fiction book uh that's actually based on facts called Poems for the Lost Deer. The other books are Heart Path, Heart Path Handbook, and prior to that Sacred Living and Dancing Up the Moon. Um my recent more recent books, Heart Path and Heart Path Handbook, Uh, teach people self-love and this is the foundation of my practice that love does heal all things you can find out more uh, about my work on my website www.thecenterforthesoul.com and uh, you can also check out the books on www.bluebonebooks.com and now we'll go back to the show
2: beautiful play of, of uh, earth and heaven, div- divine and, and worldly, that uh, play together in this endless duality that comes into a, a unitary whole. Mm-hmm. And it manifests on many, many levels, these same archetypal principles.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And this is a time, I think, when... Um, there's an opportunity for that spiritual growth that happens when you can unify these two principles within yourself and find the wholeness of being that comes. Whether whether your Ishtadeva, your form that it takes is is Jesus or the Divine Mother or the Divine Father, whatever the form. Uh, it's the one eternal one, the one eternal self, the divine God self. And that one comes from this harmony of, of duality into unity mm-hmm. and the path of wholeness. Mm-hmm. And so in terms of philosophy, um, I you know, that's I just love the teachings of yoga mm-hmm. and the teachings of the way of wholeness, the way to that inner inner sanctuary
1: of the divine. Because mm-hmm. um, we're really talking about our inner experience, not necessarily a philosophy that's externally imposed, necessarily. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, they're really oh, about our inner.
2: All yoga have come from people's inner experience. Yes they, yes. they are from deep states of consciousness that are non-dual, mm-hmm. and really then people try to express what is really inexpressible in words, in words. Mm-hmm. And out of that arises all the scriptures and all the teachings and all the books and talks and everything that happened, right, you mm-hmm. know. But it's people trying to express in words the inexpressible. Mm-hmm. But they're only guideposts. And I think the beauty of yoga is that yoga is a journey it's it's a journey to the self and it's an it's an inner journey. Yoga yoga is a science. It's a science of how to how to approach your inner being and find that journey, how to how to follow the path. To wholeness, and it doesn't require that you believe in anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's uh, there's lots of teachings there to read, ideas of expressions of other people's experiences. My book is one looking love here yes. is an expression of uh, the timeless teachings that I have known,
0: yes.
2: and of uh, my journey and what I've experienced. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, although you read so much, this is the practice of Svadhyaya, which is one of the Yamas and Niyamas. You read, you go to talks, you uh, do blogs and radio shows, <laughs> <laughs> all kinds of things. Yes. But ultimately, when you settle from all of these um, teachings that you receive, which is wonderful from the guidance of other people's experiences, but then it comes to your own experience. Right. And knowing the self is a matter of inner research. It's a matter of, and that's the whole practice of Svadhyaya, which is part of the Yamas and Yamas. Mm -hmm. It's a practice of looking within and finding the inner self within you. Mm -hmm. And that is only an inner journey All of the teachings that you've ever read, anything that you've ever done, is only preparation for your own personal inner journey. Mm. And that personal inner journey, when you really begin to walk it and to make it, goes beyond words, Mm. goes beyond thoughts about things, goes beyond beliefs and concepts into direct experience. And that's what yoga is about. It's about moving into direct experience of divinity, Mm -hmm. moving into direct experience of the wholeness of being. These things that people say are not just ideas that people have. They are truths that people have seen, truths that you can access. They are truths that that are there and available for anyone. It's from your own inner research, your own inner inquiry that it comes.
1: Well, Matreya Ima, thank you so much. This has been such a delightful conversation. I feel like we could keep talking. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've come to the end of our program, and I just want to thank you again. Uh, your website, I understand, is yogama.info, and uh, that's an easy one to remember, so anyone wanting her book, uh, uh, Living Love, um Living Love, the Yoga of Yama and Niyama can uh, find it there. And also it's on Amazon, is that right? Yes, it's on yeah. Amazon. Yeah. But uh, I always encourage people to go directly to the source. Uh, so yoga, yogama.info is her website. I've been speaking with Matreya E. Ma, uh, who yeah. is a um, psychologist but also a spiritual teacher and uh, in Santa Rosa. So thank you so much for your time and for this interview, and I'm sure it's going to inspire many, many people. Thank you, Robin. Oh, yes. It's been wonderful to be here with you. Yeah. Namaste. Namaste. So I'm Robin White turtle Lisney, and the show is Evolve. Thank you for listening.
2: Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the show. This is Deb Carousella. Please join us next time for Evolve with Robin White turtle Lisney. Learn more at thenewequation.com.